Well, good morning and welcome to Grumlaw. We really are so glad that all of you decided to join us here today. Whether this is your 57th time at Grumlaw or your first time, honestly, just thank you for making Grumlaw Online a priority. Uh, as I have continued to say over these last couple of weeks in particular, uh, for those of you who are joining us online, I want to continue to invite you, challenge you to join us in person, hopefully in the not-so-distant future. And, and this is all about not us wanting something from you, but us wanting something for you. Uh, here's the truth. No matter how introverted you might may be, every single one of us need community. We, we need people around us. And in particular, if you're moving towards Jesus, which my guess is that you are by virtue of the fact that you're watching this, uh, we need to be in community with other people who are also taking those steps towards Jesus. Uh, Jesus himself was actually the one who set this whole thing in motion that we call the local church thousands of years ago. That the local church is the hope of the world. It's plan A and there is no plan B. And, and honestly, for you to continue to deny gathering with other followers of Jesus, Honestly, that is denying one of the central tenets of what it even means to follow Jesus. And the reality is that for most of you watching right now, not all of you, there certainly are exceptions, but for most of you watching right now, it's time to come back. That, that, that perfect moment that you've been waiting for, it's never going to arrive. You're just going to eventually have to get to this point where you take a hard look at your life and you say, enough is enough. I'm breaking this habit and I'm getting back into this weekly rhythm of gathering with other followers of Jesus. Uh, honestly, as your pastor, I worry about the toll that this is taking on so many people. That, that, that this, the toll that this is taking on your spiritual health, on your soul, on your children's spiritual health. So again, this is not about us wanting something from you. It's about us wanting something for you. And we certainly hope to see you in person here in the not so distant future. Uh, as we kick off here and head into this final part of the series at the core, uh, I have a bit of a random question for all of us. Uh, can you all remember the first time that you went to a place like Mongolian barbecue or a hibachi grill, or for those of you that live right here in Livingston and Genesee counties, that the first time you went to Black Rock? Uh, I, I remember it was about uh, two or three years ago. I took, I took a group of guys that I had been uh, mentoring for a pretty significant period of time, Tejian, Arthur, and Keon, uh, to a Mongolian barbecue. It was just like a random Tuesday night. I was like, I just want to spend some time with these guys. And rather than doing like the same old, just like Applebee's-like type route, I was like, let's go to Mongolian barbecue. I don't think they've ever been there before. And from the minute they walked in the restaurant, I mean, their minds were blown. You know, first you take them to the area where you get your bowl and you can put whatever ingredients you want in there. I mean, they just felt like these chefs in the kitchen. They're like, how much food can we put in here? I'm like, like as much as you want. Like if you can carry it, if you can stack it, just keep on piling it high. And they took that challenge like all too seriously. And so then they like make their way up to the grill and they're like, wait, they're going to cook the food like right in front of us. I'm like, you bet. And so you hand them the food, right? And they got like these big sword looking things and they're cooking up your food. And then almost like the pride that they had as we walked back to the table and they ate their meal, they were like, we created this. Like these are our ingredients. We are responsible for this thing. And of course, after they ate their first bowl, I don't know how they were still hungry. They're like, can we have another one? I'm like, yeah, no, more, more power to you. And so they go back, I think really just because they wanted to watch somebody like cook their food with swords again. Now, obviously, this wasn't their first time eating. It wasn't even their first time going out to eat. But those experiences at those types of restaurants are so unique that, that they leave this impression on you. You're, you're not just paying for food, but you're paying for an experience. Yes, they're restaurants, but to just label them as a restaurant, it, it sort of falls short. The, the, these restaurants have taken a creative approach to food that, that leaves people thinking about their meal long after they have taken their last bite. 
Well, why am I sharing this with you? Uh, for some of you, even distracting you by all you're now thinking about is food and what you're going to eat as soon as the service gets over. Even though I personally am not crazy about a restaurant like Black Rock, for those of you who aren't familiar with Black Rock, it's basically this concept where they, they bring a steak to you on this really hot stone and you kind of cook your steak right in front of you. Every single bite is, is as hot as the last bite. Uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of it. Really smoky environment and I go out to eat for somebody else to cook my food. That's not really my thing. But anyway, I admire and I appreciate the fact that whoever started that restaurant, they didn't just take the, the routine, the, the typical, the mundane approach to going out to eat. I appreciate the creativity that goes into an establishment like BlackRock. At least they're trying something new. Hold on to that thought and I promise we're going to come back to it here in just a second. Today, we're wrapping up this series that we've been in now for about a month. Today is part five of five, again, titled At the Core. Uh, and what we've been doing is we've been taking a look at the values and the convictions that really drive us as a church. We're, we're talking about who we are at the core. What, what is it that sets us apart? What, what is it that makes us unique? What, what drives us? And so to this point uh, in the series, we've talked about first, give it up. What it means to truly live a generous life in every area, with, with our time, with our talents, and also with our treasure. In part two, we talked about what it looks like to make it better. Then in every situation that we enter into, we have an opportunity to leave it better than we found it. In part three, we talked about what it looks like to assume the best. That unfortunately, we live in a culture and a society that is pretty quick to jump to the negative rather than the positive. But we, as followers of Jesus in, in particular, we are called to rather than filling the gap with suspicion, let's fill the gap with trust. And that is precisely, obviously, what Jesus did for every single one of us when he gave his life for our sin. And then last week, we talked about what it means to be always be teachable. That in every situation, we're confident that there's actually something to learn if we would just lay down our pride, put on a little bit of humility, and be teachable. And, and we kind of challenge you with this question, okay, like what life-changing moment is waiting for me? What life-changing moment is waiting for you on the other side of that pride and being teachable? By the way, if you've missed any of the messages here in this series, I'd really encourage you to go to grumlaw.com slash messages and catch yourself up there. Or you can find us under Grumlaw Church wherever you grab your podcasts. If you're watching and you call this place your church home, you owe it to yourself to make sure that you understand what we value around here. If you're new and maybe you're even debating, is this a place I'm going to keep showing up to? You owe it to yourself to understand who we are at the core. So, so make sure, again, I think this is really important, you go back and you catch yourself up. But today, as, as we wrap this whole series up, we're going to be touching on our final value that we have titled Celebrate Creativity. Uh, every single person that is watching right now, you bring something unique to the table. It's part of the reason that I so desperately want you to start joining us in person. God has uniquely gifted you, and we are certain that your gifts, that your abilities can and frankly need to be used in the local church in order to lead other people towards Jesus. Now, now we as a church, we specifically define this value right here as the following. We have an exceedingly creative God who created us to be in community. When we celebrate the creativity of others, we're willing to push forward the ideas that are best for the greater whole rather than what we see as the best for ourselves. So, so let's go back to my favorite restaurant, Black Rock. Even though I don't personally care for the concept, I still appreciate the thoughtfulness that went into creating a unique dining experience. 
I can certainly get my head around why people are drawn to it. I understand why hibachi grills are packed on Friday and Saturday nights. People get tired of the same old dining experience and they want to try something new. But believe it or not, there's actually plenty of what goes on around here at this church, at Grumlaw, that is not necessarily my preference. That, that, that if it was just up to me, that if it was just up to making Shea Prisk happy, we, we would actually do a lot of things differently. For instance, let's just look at our Sunday morning services. My ideal, my perfect Sunday morning service would be that we show up, we sing like three or four worship songs, then we listen and we respond to like a solid 45 minute teaching, and then we would literally sing like five, six, seven, eight more songs. But, but I recognize that not every single person watching right now, that not every person that walks through our doors is wired the same way as me. I, I recognize that some people connect with God in different ways than I do. I recognize that the people in this room, the people watching, find themselves at different points in their faith journey. I recognize that there are certain elements within a service that are gonna resonate with some people and not with others. I recognize the value in not getting stuck in a rut, in thinking outside the box, in creating unique experiences here on Sunday mornings, and in trying new things, even though we know that sometimes they're just gonna fall short. I recognize the value in not just doing what is best for me, but, but what is best for all of us. That, that if we're not careful, we'll end up creating a church environment, we'll create a space where only one specific group of people feel comfortable walking through the doors. And, and I am certain that one of the most practical ways that we push back against all of this is through celebrating creativity. Again, as it says here, when we celebrate the creativity of others, we are willing to push forward the ideas that are best for the greater whole rather than what we see as the best for ourselves. It's about us throwing our agendas and our self-serving attitudes to the side in order to ask what is best for the greater whole. Because just in case you forgot, this church thing is not just for you. It's for all the yous around you. And it's for the yous, frankly, that have yet to come walking through our doors. Uh, allow me real quick in that vein to share the, the last 10%. Give you a little bit of a snapshot into a conversation that I so often have with people. Uh, on a weekly basis, here's some comments that are frequently, very frequently made to me. Uh, we sing too many songs on Sundays. And then I'll turn around and there'll be another person looking at me and they say, we don't sing enough songs on Sundays. Shay, the announcements, they're just, they're too long. Shay, you really should have addressed fill in the blank. In your sermon, I can't believe that you did not say this. Shay, it's too loud in here. Like, why is it so loud? You're blowing out my eardrums. Shay, why aren't you more dressed up? In fact, I've never seen you wear a suit. Spoiler alert, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Unless God tells me an audible voice, probably not gonna wear a suit. And then my personal favorite and the one that I hear more than any of the others combined is Shay, you just don't go deep enough. Now on that one in particular, let me just quick little sidebar here. I promise you, I promise you, your obedience will never supersede your knowledge. You don't actually need any more information. 
If you were just obedient with what you had already been told, with what you had already read in scripture, you would never need, in fact, another sermon for the rest of your life. But here is my standard kind of reply to all of this. It, the, the, the music, the sermon, our, our environments, it was not for you. It was for your lost, your spiritually disconnected friend, neighbor, coworker, family member that you did not bring with you, that you did not invite. Now, I know that this statement in a vacuum has the ability to sound absolutely brutal, but, but allow me to expound here for just a minute and keep in mind that this is undeniably biblical. We did not start this church for people who already have a relationship with Jesus and thus their eternities are already secure. We started this church for people who don't know what it means to have a deep we don't know what it means to have an intimate, a meaningful, a real relationship with Jesus. Y- y'all, this is precisely why we're doing this, this series that we have coming up in July called At the Movies. It's meant to be appealing to those people in your life that, that are like maybe skeptical of the church or their, their relationship with the church has always been this one that's like stuffy and it's full of tradition and people wearing suits and like, you know, all these religious requirements. That's why we do series like this. It's why, and I you know for some of you it rubs you the wrong way, but it's exactly why on 4th of July we're doing online church only. Because we think there's a far greater opportunity for you to invite your lost friends, your spiritually disconnected friends, to sit down in front of a TV on literally the 4th of July and watch church with you. Much greater chance of that than probably getting them to come walking through our doors. And here's the truth. You suddenly care less about how deep I went in the message, whatever that means. You become less concerned with the number of songs we sung. You are less concerned that there was maybe a secular song playing in our playlist when you walked in the front doors when your friend that you have literally been praying and inviting for years to show up with you at church is sitting next to you. So yes, there is undeniably an element of you getting filled up here on Sunday mornings, on you taking in, on God working in you, on God convicting you, on God prying away and and gnawing on things at you, but it's not just you that these environments are created for. We must creatively think about how we can both challenge and grow the person that has been at this church thing for a minute, but but also create a space where someone who's new feels comfortable walking through the doors. So, So that's why we will do everything we can to keep ourselves from getting stuck in a rut. Why we'll always dream, while we'll always try to think outside the box, while we'll always ask ourselves tough questions, why we will always, always celebrate creativity. Now, following kind of lockstep with the pattern that we've been following throughout this series, we, we didn't exactly invent this line of thinking. In fact, uh, we just stole this right from God himself. We, we have robbed this idea directly from God Almighty, from our creator, who, as his very name would suggest, has always been in the business of creating and celebrating creativity. Now, if we go back to the very beginning of this book we call the Bible, literally all the way back to the beginning. In the book of Genesis, it's the very first book in this greater book that we call the Bible. And part of the thing that Genesis does for us is it documents the creation of the world. And in the very first verse of the very first book of the Bible, so very like first words out of this book that we call the Bible, it says this, in the beginning, God created. So we don't even make it one, two, three, four, five words without creation and creativity being born. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, now some of you who are watching right now, you might very well be very skeptical of the account of creation as we find here 
in the book of Genesis, and please make no mistake about it, the, the aim of this message this morning is not to try and convince you that this account of creation is the right account. It's rather to point to what we as, as Christians believe, and more importantly, to show you how deeply, how deeply this whole celebrating creativity thing, how deep that runs. So, so the creator, he goes on to create night and day and subsequently the sun and the moon and the galaxies and our solar system. He creates the sky, the earth, the oceans, plant, fruit, and all other vegetation. But by, by the way, we're all pretty impressed when, uh, for instance, a new iPhone comes out, right? And some of the new features, one of the things I've kind of blown away by is just the quality of pictures that the newest iPhone takes. I mean, it's like as good as like these really, really expensive cameras. And we get impressed with new technology that is released by companies like Apple, like Amazon. But, but, but seriously, is there any feature that's on your phone that is as impressive as literally just a little tiny seed that was created by God? Think about it. God created these things that in a lot of instances are no bigger than our fingernail, that you literally throw into dirt. And with a little water that he created and a little bit of sunlight that he created, that they in some cases will grow into literally trees, vegetation that will span 100, 150 feet tall. It's fascinating to me. And so God then, he goes on to create insects and sea life and animals. And then for his grand finale, he creates, well, us. That the creator creates you and I. He creates human beings. In verse 27, we're told, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. A, a couple of quick observations here. First, it's like the author is going out of his way to just keep repeating the word create, right? I mean, it's almost strange how many times he, he gets that in there. In ancient literature, when something is stated twice, it's done so intentionally to not so subtly communicate, hey, this is pretty important. However, when something is repeated three times, like, like we see right here, it's the writer's way of saying, do not miss this. Circle it, underline it, do whatever you have to do, but this is so, so, so important. Second observation, and I've mentioned this several times here over these last couple of months in these messages, uh, we as human beings, we have been created, as it says here, in the image of God. God makes such a stark differentiation between human beings, you and I, and all other creation because we have been literally created in his image. Human beings reflect God Almighty. We reflect and we bear the image of our creator. You are an image bearer to God Almighty. You, unlike all other creation, have something literally divine inside of you. And part of that divine nature, part of being an image bearer means being a creator. In other words, God did not stop creating when he created you. No, no, we are as image bearers to God Almighty, as image bearers to our creator, called to continue to create because of that piece of himself that he placed in every single one of us. We have been created to create. We as human beings have been called to use that divinity that God has placed in every one of us to continue in this creative tradition, to, to celebrate creativity. Now, I've already expressed why I think this is so important that we live this out as, as a church. 
And even some of the ways that we express this as a church. You see this expressed everywhere from the, the type of invitations that we hand, hand out for our Christmas and our Easter services to the songs that your kids are learning back in Grumlaw Kids to, to the more subtle details like which type of motion graphic is being utilized behind song lyrics. I, I promise you it is everywhere if you just take a second to pause and observe. But, but what does this practically look like for, for you? If you have indeed been created to create, how do you live this out? Because whenever we speak about this value in particular, it's natural for people to think, but I'm not an artist. I can't paint, I can't sing, I can't write, I can't act. See, we pigeonhole creating to very specific categories of art until we're left paralyzed by our seeming lack of artistic ability. But but here's how I think we ought to define creativity. Anything brought into existence due to your activity in this world. Something that I am unabashedly intentional about is creating experiences for my children. In fact, my wife and I, we created a vision statement for our family, specifically for raising our children. We actually challenge every single person who who dedicates their child at this church to come up with one of these vision statements. But uh, for my wife and I, here's what we came up with. It's that Logan, Malachi, and Oakley, our three children, would see Jesus so much in our marriage and so much in our household that they cannot help but fall in love with Jesus. They can't help but fall in love with their creator. And yes, I think part of the way that I show Jesus to my children is by being creative, is by being original, and specifically creating unique experiences for them. So so it's not unusual at all in the summer months that you would walk into my backyard and you'll see a tent put up there and I'll have all these activities inside the tent. We'll have these little camp outs in the summer, even though like our, our nice comfortable bedrooms are literally footsteps away. One of my favorite things to do with my kids in the summer months is uh, on Saturday mornings, load up the canoe on this little trailer we have and we drive to Lake Ponema and Fenton and then we take this jaunt across the lake and then up the river and we go out to eat in downtown Linden and then we take the boat ride all the way back. Maybe we'll even stop for swimming. Now y'all, it would be a lot easier to just drive to the restaurant. In fact, I pass multiple restaurants just on my way to the boat launch, but that's not the point. I have been created by my creator to create. I want to, in these instances, create unforgettable experiences with my my children that leave their friends, that leave my neighbors thinking Malachi and Logan and Oakley, they got the best life ever. I want to create experiences that leave other people thinking, what's going on with that guy? What does he have that I don't have? What what does that guy have that my husband doesn't have? Why is it so I create jealousy and get everyone to think, wow, Shay is just like, that guy's the coolest guy ever. I mean, he's the coolest dad ever. No, To, to bring this thing full circle. It's because all of this just points back to God. Creativity stands out. Creativity causes people to lean in. Creativity causes the people around us to ask questions. It it really is ridiculous the number of people that I have had the opportunity to share Jesus with simply because I take my kids on canoe rides. People at the boat launch, people at the restaurant, they're like, why are you doing this? It's a great opportunity to point people back to Jesus. It creates encounters with the living God who again puts something divine in every one of us when he created us in his image. He he placed that creativity in every one of us and we have been called to keep creating. So 
My question that I want to pose to you, the question I want to leave you with here today is, where is God calling you to partner with him to create, to create something new in this world? Might it be a a new experience for your children? Uh, A little camping trip in the backyard, a new seemingly unknown, maybe even risky vacation rather than just kind of going through like the amusement park motions? Maybe it's creating a new dating experience for you and your bride, you and your fiance, you and your girlfriend. I I know your wife, she really digs like the all-you-can-eat salad and breadsticks at Olive Garden, but might be time to switch things up. Might be time to get a little bit more creative. A a buddy of mine actually recently shared with me uh, that he said his goal this summer is to literally visit every single lake in Genesee County with his wife. That he wants to go on a date on every single lake in Genesee County. I love that. Maybe it's that project that you keep talking about Like, you know it needs to get done around the house, but every single night, Netflix and a cold bush latte keeps beckoning. Actually do it. Put in the garden for your bride. Build the treehouse with your kids. Paint the trim yourself rather than paying someone else to do it. For for some of you, come on, it's well overdue that you start cooking, that you start dreaming here in the local church, that that you help us create irresistible environments that, that people cannot help but be drawn to. You start lending us that outgoing personality on our first impressions team. You start giving all of that energy that you have pent up inside of you into Grumlaw kids. You use that gift of hospitality behind the scenes knowing, knowing that your creator is looking down on you saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Again, this question, where is God calling you to partner with him to create something new in this world? chances are it's going to look different for every single one of us because, well, God has made each of us different with different skills and abilities. But make no mistake about it. He longs to use you, to create through you, and use you actually as an instrument to point other people back to him. Because when we create, we're giving others a taste of what God is like. When we create, we are giving the world a taste of what our creator is like. So let's, as a group of people who are trying to be more like Jesus every single day, celebrate creativity.